It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Great to have you along with us on the 14th of December. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney. Scotty, it was the start of a brand new week. How was it for you? Oh, it was great. Uh, getting closer to Christmas and uh, people are in a good mood, which is always fantastic. Oh, you're feeling a bit of Christmas cheer, are you? No, but I think other people are. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so we had a little bit of an early Christmas gift from the share market itself. First update, I think since last Wednesday. Oh, it's been a long time. <laughs> That's it. But uh, look, uh, strong movement uh, built once again on a lot of hopes, you've got to say. Uh, no Brexit hopes, an extension there. Uh, yeah, but you always say Brexit first. I think it's I think it's stimulus in the US. I think that it's um, I think it's hopes for this vaccine rollout going smoothly. Although you saw that the US president, did you see that Donald Trump saying that he will? Well, he's just going to wait to take the vaccine for a more opportune time. I think uh, that's really damaging. No, oh, look, the uh, if the base probably won't uh, won't like that, but uh, I think there's going to be lots of problems trying to get convincing people to go and take that vaccine. But uh, of course, that's something the markets will have to overcome in the other uh, year ahead. But uh, but yeah, you mentioned Brexit. I'm going to pull you up because in one of your Scuddy's view last week, you said, eh, "Markets don't care about Brexit anymore. We've been down this road so many times." All right, I'll go out there. I reckon the rally today was absolutely nothing to do with Brexit. Yeah, no, exactly. So it was uh, no extended pretend. The same old story year after year. There was a, a gapping in the uh, the British pound. Uh, which uh, no resulted because people were obviously nervous about what was going to happen into this weekend. The uh, the dollar weakens, then automatically the risk on happens. No, a lot of machine uh, learning goes and gets excited about it. Stocks go high. Mm-hmm. That's what my uh, my basic premise is. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we have uh, a couple of names, I guess, that we can call out. Afterpay, another record high today. No comment necessary, Scotty. Uh, West Farmers, another record high today. Um, yeah, it's just, it was Mervac as well, hitting a record high today. So it was a pretty broad-based rally in Australia. I suppose if you want to look to sectors that missed out, energy, materials. Materials, I mean, I've been sort of saying it all day, but do you think that that's actually what's happening in terms of, you know, Fortescue, that there's just some money being taken off the table, given the massive run-up that we've, we've, we've seen? I think so. And don't get me wrong, I think there's lots of positive and lots of fundamental factors why iron ore prices have rallied. But I think there's a lot of speculative money which has come in late and really gone and done a number on those uh, those Chinese futures. Because if you look at what they how they performed during the course of the day, uh, they have been ripping higher. And then on Friday, there were some chaotic moves. Like, And I say that uh, not in jest, it was chaotic mm-hmm. moves. And then today, we've seen a, a big unwind of, uh, of positioning. Uh, lots of losses. And of course, the, uh, the Australian listed miners have followed suit. So it'll be very interesting to see what would happen if, say, the authorities in China went and said, we're going to hike our futures trading margins in uh on iron ore or coke and coal or whatever to go and uh, stimmy uh, speculative activity to see how quickly the other uh, trap door would go and open. But want to keep an eye on and certainly uh, no, looking at where the current spot price sits relative to, uh, to stockpiles in China, it certainly seems to be quite rich in pricing. 
we have uh, a number of economic events. It was very quiet on the eco front here in Australia today. Number of economic events to look forward to. We get the minutes from the RBA tomorrow. Uh, I don't anticipate any big color coming from that. Do you? No, not at all. Yeah. It'll be uh, it'll it'll be past the keeper. Uh, it's not going to be a lot of excitement there. The, let's be honest. Thursday this week is the real big day for us, and that will be kind of like the the big uh, conclusion of the year. So we have the Fed yeah. into the uh, my EFO here, so the mid year uh, economic uh, forecast update, uh, and then we also have the other uh, jobs data yeah. here locally. So that will be a big day. We we'll also get some Chinese data out tomorrow, but the real crescendo of the week is on Thursday. Yeah, we get China's manufacturing PMI tomorrow been an expansion for several months strengthening even more recently so we'll be looking for any color on exports um, driving up that demand for manufacturing um interesting i was just reading some analysis from td uh in terms of the australian jobs report and um yeah i think it's in keeping with your view in the newsletter today which we don't have to go too far into but td is forecasting headline inflation to have risen by fifty thousand, which is higher than consensus um, and that's even after that really strong report coming through in October. So they're saying basically they anticipate a pickup in the participation rate to 66% because of all of the confidence reads that we've got lately, consumer sentiment at that 10-year high, you know, COVID in Australia being under control, vaccine, um, you know, continuing to lift hopes for that recovery. I think you said inflation, but yeah, 50,000 employment. Uh, Did I say inflation? Yeah, that that'd go and test those valuations. I stand corrected. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm not going to go into like, too much detail. It's, uh, it's along familiar lines, but uh, we saw the Westpac Melbourne Institute's uh, Consumer Sentiment Survey released last week, and you know, sentiment towards job security is really high. And mm-hmm. to me, that was the one crucial thing going into the start of next year as to what would go and make or break this self-sustaining recovery uh, and really strong period there. I, I'll put it back to you, Nadine. I, over the weekend, anecdotally, just seen around Sydney and different parts of Sydney, I've got to say, people are jammed into shops. There are people going and spending their money left, right and centre. I saw so many people out and about eating you know, lunch and uh, out mm-hmm. and about and it just made me like think, well, all these doomsdays are saying like we're going to go full in a heap early next year. Like I just can't see it now. I'm pretty pretty bullish about yeah. what what next year looks like. No, I'd agree. And just the conversations that you're having with people about what their plans are, what they want to do. Um, I was last minute invited to a Christmas party, you know, in the city this week because last minute decided, you know, that it's worthwhile doing. I didn't get invited. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't get that memo. But yeah, I, I mean, anecdotally as well, um, it's feeling pretty good out there. So it'll be interesting to see that headline number. The unemployment read will still likely be at about 7%. That's what the market is expecting. Um, but it's the dynamic in, or the detail, I should say, you know, the participation rate and the hours worked, et cetera, that we'll be looking to. So I've jumped ahead sort of to Thursday. Let's get back to the here and now to many people's favorite part of this podcast, no doubt, the stock of the day. It was Altium today. So it's selling its tasking business for 110 million US to a European equity firm. Uh, looks like that transaction should be complete for the first quarter of next year, 100 million US in cash. Okay, before I get too carried away with the detail, Let's hear what our guests had to say about the stock of the day, Altium. Investing this is not going to have much of an impact. I mean, US 100 million with price tag, and uh, which is about 149 Aussie. Um, so that brings a bit of cash in. But uh, on a value, you know, this is a 4.7 billion dollar business. So I don't think it's um, yeah, it's it's immaterial really. Um, and the markets reflected that in the share price today. The only question for me and at the moment is the pricing, you know, the valuation. Up here it's on a price to earnings multiple of 115 times. Uh, even going forward, I'm looking at the forward forecast here, 
you know, you're looking at even two years out, I'm looking at a forecast of 56 times. So it's not cheap, you know. Um, so for that reason alone, I wouldn't be rushing to buy the stock. I'd wait for a pullback. They did uh, downgrade their um, guidance in June. So it will come under a reality check at some stage, like all the other tech stocks, but probably not as much because it's a bit more of a, a mature business for them. So, uh, look, good, good transaction from the announcement today, but yeah, we're still on a hold on the stock. So that's their thoughts on Altium. Both, well, they call it a hold, but too XE for both of those gents, David Novak from Wealthwise Education and Francesco Destratus from Ord Minette. So look at that uh, one-year chart that was up on the screen was that uh, was being played out as well. Looks uh, a very uh, flat year for Altium, which is really unusual. Either, a lot of the stocks have either been absolutely hammered or absolutely flown this year, mm-hmm. but one of those uh, mid-performers. Uh, sometimes middle of the pack is uh, where you want to be. Uh, middle of the pack is not where you want to be, though, if you IPO. You like that segue? We, um, we had a chat with uh, Ron Shamgar. He's from Tamam Asset Management earlier today, and he gave us the rundown on um, some of the IPOs that he's really liking. Some have already IPO'd um, in the form of Top Shelf International, so that's a booze company. It's gonna, uh, Scotty, do you like tequila? Not particularly. Okay. Well, anyways, they're going to be making some Aussie tequila. Um, so he talked about it, three, three IPOs that he um, he likes, has liked, or thinks he's really going to like. And so you can catch up with that in the show notes. We had a chat about iron ore with Magnetite Mines earlier. Um, that's available as video on demand. But we got some thoughts from Gaurav Sodi on Rio and some of the companies that are leveraged to that. So there are plenty of other interviews that we did throughout the day, all of them interesting. You can catch up with them either via the show notes or on the website or the app. So that brings us to to tonight. Tonight we get uh, an IP read out in Europe. Uh, we also get the Electoral College in the U.S. casting their votes finally for the U.S. president. I mean, this is a foregone conclusion, but it does take us one step closer to a Biden presidency, which takes us one step closer to these Georgia State Senate runoffs, which is going to be market moving come 2021. Yeah, early uh, early January is all that matters now when it comes to that uh, longer term picture. No, will the Democrats have com- full control of the uh, of Congress? Um, all the other things around it are noise, including tonight's uh, electoral college. We know that uh, no Joe Biden will be the president elect, and we know that he'll be likely sworn in when it comes to uh, no, on January twenty, unless there's some real act of God. So um, move on. Let's go see what the uh, no, the Senate runoff uh, no race in Georgia happened to go into in early January. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll really dictate, I think, the conversation for the next four years, whether stuff gets done, whether we've got this constant gridlock in Washington it's, it still. Is, it is huge. So that will be one to go and keep an eye on and probably not getting enough tension. Um, well, maybe, it's maybe just been I'll so write, vaccine. Yeah, maybe I'll write about it during the other uh, week or so. But um, Yeah, but, you know, even still, it's one of those things you can keep for the New Year, Scotty. There's always going to be, you know, that that's looming large. But, yeah, write about whatever you want. Right about so now. Blue sky. Blue sky. It's going to be pretty good outside today in Sydney. It is starting to lighten up. It's going to be rainy for the next few days. But uh, apart from that weather forecast, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow. We've got a, a panel discussion between Keith Bliss and IQ Capital's Kenny Polkari uh, about this whole U.S. electoral um, vote, but more importantly, what would likely happen in Georgia. And then we'll be speaking with Bob Desmond, who's head of international equities at Evans and Partners. I always really enjoy our conversations with him, Scuddy. And we'll also be talking China with Mary Manning, portfolio manager at Elliston Capital. So that's at 11.45 a.m. 
She was bullish e-commerce, I think, from last time. So she was. She was really excited about the Ant IPO. So I'm curious to get her thoughts on what transpired since our last conversation. Probably not the Ant IPO. Mm, probably not. Okay, we've got the CEO of Silk Laser, one of those companies that's IPOing this week. And we will be speaking with Douglas Isles. Looking forward to that from Platinum Asset Management at 3.30 p.m. Some of these interviews I already know are booked in. Some of them I get a pleasant surprise when i prepping for this podcast. So, yeah, it'll be another good day, Scuddy. Um Shall we call it? A wrap? I think so. It was a good start to the week. I uh, can only improve though, so looking forward to it. No, doing it all again tomorrow. Better, better take next time. <laughs> See ya. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.